0: Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the Mid-Alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. This podcast is bravely brought to you by Readly.
1: Now, we don't know if you already know about Readly, but we do know that our relationship with reading has reignited over the last however long it's been. Yeah, because it was bad for a while. I mean, I
0: was so shut down, I didn't read a thing between maybe Christmas and May.
1: I know, well, thankfully we're back. Up and running again. Yes, we are. And despite all the unlocking, holding on to these little pockets of peace might be one of the things that we want to keep from this whole bizarre situation.
0: You know, it reminds me of, of, of long, long ago when we had time to really pore over this stuff. But it also reminds me that magazines and newspapers can be a kind of glittering, brilliant portal to the world, particularly when over 5,000 titles cost seven ninety nine a month. Actually, listen hard, guys listeners, Readly are offering you a two-month free trial. So that'll see you through the summer. God, do you remember staggering around weighed down with three tonnes of magazines that have cost you a million pounds? Yeah, I
1: know, and just saying, OK, you buy this one and I'll buy this one just so you could share the burden. Not anymore. Uh-huh. Anyway, yes, yeah. so here's the science bit. Readly is a digital subscription service for magazines and newspapers. Think of it as a kind of Spotify for all your favourite national and international titles. Just there... Add a touch on your smartphone or tablet and it's probably easy to use. I mean, we mean that seriously because we managed it. Yeah, when she says we, she <laughs> means me. She's being nice. Well, anyway, and for offline reading, you can actually save articles just in case you're back on your commute or are managing to have a holiday. One account can be shared by up to five profiles on five different devices. So family and friends can join the party too at no extra cost. It couldn't be simpler, and boom, suddenly the world is at your fingertips again. I'm getting uh, stuck,
0: deeply stuck, into interiors porn and Emily's New York magazine obsession is in full flow but maybe you're in a vogue mood or you fancy revisiting hello mag you can catch up on the guardian or go for global power play with time magazine but also the Bino and national geographic kids and loads of stuff is there for smaller people who need to be quiet please be quiet i need you to be quiet and thousands more it's a joy actually
1: we're really into it yeah we really are anyway so to repeat readly is offering you two months free if you sign up today using our link then it's 7.99 a month for over five thousand titles and you can cancel any time, go to readly.com forward slash The Mid Hi everyone, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but I've suddenly realized that it is mid June. And I think that we have all spent the last 18 months in March, 2020. And suddenly it is like halfway through 2021. And I feel like I'm actually gonna have a full body panic attack at where this year has gone. It's the sort of stasis followed by acceleration that I find personally incredibly unnerving. Anyway, how are you, Annabelle?
0: Incredibly unnerved. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i not coping at all. You know, if, if I have a choice, which I look at myself and I'm 100% disgusting, I look at my feet, which are sort of like old goat herds, my roots, my eyebrows, which meet in the middle. But if I have a choice between looking after myself or staring at the wall, I'll pick staring at the wall every time. <laughs> and uh, I tried, attempted to conquer my social anxiety last night and left the house, went out and saw a few people.
1: I mean,
0: hero. Uh, I agree as a result <laughs> drank too much and stayed out till you ready 10:30 and i'm paying for shut it shut the front yeah. door
1: 10 fucking 30 what were you doing
0: 10:30 so this morning i feel terrible It was extremely late at night i'm sure you'll agree right so <laughs> i feel terrible i've got pink eye i've got hives i mean it's it's it's, it's undignified you know But, but, you know, we've got a lot to talk about today because I think we all acknowledge that everyone in the world had a bit of a shocker in March 2020, but few more so than our guest today, whose marriage suddenly ended three weeks before the first lockdown. So she spent the next three months alone working out what the hell had just happened, heartbreak boot camp. So what did she do? Well, she turned it all into a brilliant, rollicking read about what happens when you find that you've fallen out of a marriage and fallen in love with being single via dating, drinking, lawyers, single parenting, wanking and female friendship. Not all at the same time. Her book, (laughs) Get Divorced, Be Happy, is out next month. It's funny, as befitting one half of the comedy duo, The Scummy Mummies. It's touching, it's inspiring, particularly for those of us who have ever believed that marriage makes us whole. Anyway, it's a testament to the fact that there can sometimes be treasure in the horror. Thank you for sharing the spoils with us. How are you, Helen Thorne?
2: Hello, my darling friends. I am absolutely fine, but I'm having massive panic attacks about me time. I get two days a week where I can do whatever the fuck I like, right? But that panics me. That absolutely fucking freaks me out. And and so I'm like, should I be resting? Should I be meditating? Should I be fucking young men off the internet? Should I be seeing my friends? Should I be doing yoga? And all it's all too much. And, and I know that I sound like a massive prick because there are people out there going, oh, fuck off with your free time. But... but <laughs> But again, I I will stare at the wall in a towel for an hour picking at my nails or or just sort of staring at all my imperfections going, fuck, another spider vein on my thighs? What? Um, I know, but it's funny,
0: that idea of precious time. You can wake up on a Saturday morning and think, oh, my God, but soon it will be 2 p.m. And then it will be night and then it will be gone.
2: (laughs) Time running through your fingers yes this is it this is it and 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 just everything just looks undone like nothing I think oh well maybe I should just work on Saturday because then I'll be on top of it and then next week won't be so fucking you know mad and like I just I can't make a good choice that's what I feel like at the moment and everything's just just yeah, again slipping through my fingers so it, it is um yeah so I just feel I feel mental basically <laughs> yeah
1: come on in the water's
2: lovely right <laughs> find
0: it really hard to trust myself or any decisions that I make at the moment because mm. every, because the
2: context of everything is so. Fucked. that's exactly right and everything is on shifting sands nothing is it's sort of normal but not normal and everyone's just not quite themselves there's no sort of solidity to anything and so i think i think that just makes everyone even like when you see friends you haven't seen for a while it's like are we hugging how are we feeling you know are we allowed to talk about how shit lockdown is you know we're lucky we're not lucky like it's yeah i just i think that we're we're all just still in flux and we'll be in flux for a long time i know we're totally i
1: flux we're flux we're totally fluxed. I think everyone is exactly second guessing or overthinking at almost every interaction that goes on. And you have to like question, yeah. you question everything, which, you know, if you're already a sort of, you know, neurotic slash anxious slash hysterical overthinker, for example, it's like impossible. <laughs> like it's so painful. And then you feel like, okay, well maybe I'll just stay at home and 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 stare at the wall. Yeah, and then you yeah. think,
0: is this it? Forever. Is yes. this me? forever. And also Emily and I kind of made a speciality out of treating how are you as a question. So when someone said, How are you? we would answer with, you know, uh, not sleeping, insane, traumatized, slip disc, whatever it might be. And now when someone says to me, How are you? I go, Fine. Just to shut <laughs> the conversation down. <laughs>
1: Like, it's either, have you got a week, or just fine, let's just... Like,
0: I'm not prepared let's to it discuss before. it. But happily, we have your wonderful book to talk about, which is out next Yay. month. Now, you wrote this book when you were actually in it, didn't you? This isn't retrospective. Yeah. You Can you tell us briefly what happened to you last March?
2: Okay, so, yeah, so... I can tell you exactly. On the fifth of March, um, I was just getting my daughter's World Book Day costume ready, and um, I went upstairs to get a um, a jacket. She's going as Doctor Who, that great novel, and, and I pulled out <laughs> I pulled out of a pocket of my husband a letter, and the letter was not from me. And I'd been with my husband for twenty two years, and all of a sudden I through finding this you know love letter I found out he wasn't who I thought he was and so all of a sudden he came home an hour later and I said good one dickhead it's over and that was it and there was no going back and then and then and then it was just like everything collapsed um and then there was this you know there was this talk of this disease coming from China and then six weeks later it was a mess it was just a mess I was a mess and um yeah I became suddenly single you know a single parent and then lockdown happened and so I was really much in the shit and as I say in the book I, cu- I couldn't hug anyone I didn't have a hug from an adult for you know three months the last adult hug I had was from my husband when he or ex-husband now when he left the house on the 23rd of March did it and... occur to
0: you to say to him come back at any point did it no
2: no no never and and it's really interesting and and lots of people have asked you know have you ever thought what did I do I mean, that's a great feminist question, isn't what? it? Oh. Isn't it? <laughs> wow! Okay god
1: almighty
2: you know and I I thought no and and one of the things that I found kind of healing was that at no point did I think oh what did I do wrong or I just sort of thought I loved him and I did everything I could we did couples therapy um you know I even remember like a month before we split up I snuggled him in bed saying I never want to get divorced you know I I wanted that marriage more than anything else and worked really hard at it and then when I found out (laughs) <laughs> what I found out that you know I think we all know he had an affair um, <laughs> <laughs> She whispers you know you're not allowed to say that just in case the other the other party gets upset about the truth um <laughs> anyway so <laughs> um but yeah i know we'll we, we, let, let us you know pat the male ego yes, god men, forbid they suffer so god much forbid, <laughs> anyone should think he was either you know, a faithless bastard no 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 exactly exactly right um yeah but I know i never had that thought and i never wanted the marriage it was sort of because the act was so horrific it was like a guillotine like i'd been cauterized and the pain and so in a way i'm really grateful that it was so horrific because i hated him instantly and and you know even though i was hurt and shocked and all that sort of thing there was something about going down so far deep that was really had a great impact on the healing because there was no mucky waters it was just like, you know, to put it really bluntly, I was the good guy and he was the shit yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, you know, I just had to rebuild um, from the absolute rock bottom. And then so that but I was think that it's process. Really, it,
1: it's really interesting that at no point did you think, OK, this has happened and we have to try and work out how to kind of, you know, re-heal the wounds and, and, and get back together or anything like that. You were absolutely done.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, and it was it was weird because I would have done anything, and I did do anything in those twenty two years to make sure that the relationship survived, but then it was just it was. He just looked like a completely different person. And I was like, You're you're not the guy that I tried to, to be married to. You're somebody else. And and I just thought how and I couldn't understand how he could treat me that way. Like, you know, I don't I have bouts of, you know, low self esteem, but I thought, I'm I'm a really nice lady. <laughs> I've got lots of friends and I, I I try my best to be a good person. And I thought to be that horrific to me. I, I just, I just couldn't understand how someone else could treat another human being that way. So um, I just thought, no, I don't want you ever in my life again. I mean, he's the father of my children. Blah 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 blah. Um, <laughs> 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 bah, bah, bah. Anyway, I have to see him occasionally. Oh, bah, but also, know, if you had,
0: if you had been with this, let's just call him a person. If you had <laughs> been with this, you've been with this
2: technically person, human, yeah. yeah
0: um, for since you were nineteen, yeah, then. I suppose that you don't really know who you are as an adult outside of that partnership. Mm.
2: Yeah, Who you, you exactly. are as a
0: person, yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I was always, you know, to put all the cliches in, I was always half. I was always, you know, it was always Helen and him. And, and so I was just like, oh, my God. And also the fact that I had, you know, planned out our retirement, what we were going to do, everything was there. And then that future, that future just got kind of destroyed. And so now I can't even think what I'm doing next week. And 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 that's really that's really liberating. I mean, I just have to ask Ellie because she's um, (laughs) she's in charge. Ellie Gibson
0: is the other half of the fantastic scummy mummies. By the way, in case you don't know, we're assuming you do or you should. Yes,
2: yes. Sorry, Ellie is my comedy wife, business associate, and you know, rock and wonderful best friend. But yeah, but it was you know, it was just the most horrific but brilliant thing that happened to me. And I was so then you're in your
0: you're, you're in you're in your house for three months yeah what was that the messy bit
2: yeah and that's what I in the book I call the messy months and that's where I kind of couldn't remember you know what or how I kind of got through it it was just sort of like jogging bottom cigarettes beer (laughs) wine drunken conversations tears um just just surviving and like and And by the way way, me too and I wasn't getting divorced (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. Was, it was, that, was that, was that, were those the months of the 24-hour clothes?
2: Yeah, exactly. There were the times where I was just, you know, sitting in the sad. I was, I was just kind of really crying. And, and I, and I, I spoke to a friend who's a psychologist quite early on and I rang him up he's a dear friend and he said to get through this shit you've got to go through hell like you know you've got to you've just got to sit and cry don't don't happy it off and which I think if lockdown hadn't happened I would have worked really hard we were just about Ellie and I were just about to do a massive scummy mommy's tour and naturally I just want everyone else to feel better about my situation and because I, I was you know cut off from friends and comfort and and all those sort of things I had to sit in that horrific kind of mess and confront it.
1: The SAS of sad, that's what you went through, isn't it? It's like the training sad training (laughs) boot camp.
2: Yeah, if you could like picture the saddest time to go through divorce, do that. You know, don't (laughs) don't 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 do it any other way. Yeah, like put yourself on an island basically.
0: Do you remember the moment when you suddenly started to open your eyes and see that maybe this was there were opportunities available to you
2: yeah I think it was about it was about three months in actually I just woke up one morning that's so
0: quick isn't it yeah that's because you had to go through it rather than around it
2: yeah I couldn't there was no other distractions it was like yeah like being locked in a cell and um and yeah and 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 it won't happen for this is just this is just my experience but I just woke up one morning and I thought fuck I can do anything no one's going to criticize me. And there were just sort of little moments where like I was making the kids dinner and thought he's not going to say this is shit. Or why did you cook the broccoli this way? Or like just this, the, there were just moments of going from really heavy, like feeling like the earth pool was pulling me down to just feeling really light. And it wasn't, Sort of the difference between happy, sad, heavy, and light. There were just these amazing moments, and then, and then, yeah, and then the sex feelings came. (laughs) Right, okay.
0: (laughs) Before, before, okay. Before we graduate to the as you and I quote from your book, "All you can eat cock (laughs) buffet." Let's just talk about the reignition of the sex feelings. Mm.
2: It was so confronting to get a libido at forty-one which I hadn't had. And also I was very prudish. If you listen to early Scummy Mummy's podcast, I'm a bit tee oh, you know, like, you know, I just, I, I couldn't talk about masturbating. I couldn't talk about my vagina. I didn't even look at my vagina until I got separated. You know, like it was a new thing. And I just woke up one day really fucking horny. And I was like, I need to wank a lot I really need to wank a lot like, like I was a 14 year old boy I was like excuse me I've got to go um and um it was it was exciting and 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 I just remember like moments like walking down the street and just looking at men in the face in the eyes and then looking back at me and like feeling like my nipples were about to burst off or my fanny was about to explode I'm like oh my god I'm a I'm desirable You know, and and so that was, it was just, oh, the most exciting thing. Even though I was sort of still messy and, you know, smelling of fag ash and, you know, probably had delivery pizza still on my face. It was just this sort of massive moment in in my life and it really changed I think who I who I am in a way because it, it's sort of once you feel desired there's a confidence and once you get a really good deep dicking um it, 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 it's such a lovely thing <laughs> so before before
0: the before I, I feel like you judge before the commencement of the dicking um, was that was that when you was that when you were you were at home and you were you were I mean, I know, I know that you started to look you, you look on dating apps but were sort of protected from making too many crazy decisions because you couldn't meet anyone because it was illegal. Yeah. Was that when you, get, you gathered together your smorgasbord of vibrators and started to gird your loins? Yes, <laughs>
2: yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, why
0: do I sound so Victorian <laughs> I mean, and insane?
2: But anyway, it's so sorry. It's
1: like, oh, got with, the question. With, the clip, with the clipboard, I guess, like, is this I the slipped... point where the loins were girded? <laughs> I know, I yeah. slipped
2: it under my crinoline. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, Yeah. absolutely. And I, I just thought, fuck it, you know. I. Yeah, I got new vibrators and lube and, and I started doing things like sexting and, you know, a bit of video sex. And, oh, my God, there was one moment. So I got really pissed one night when I was by myself and I'd been texting this guy and he said, oh, let's do video sex, which is so weird, so weird, <laughs> like camera angles and lighting. And you're basically just filming your genitals and making... Sounds. <laughs> Listen to him go. <laughs> <laughs> It's that simple. Oh God! Yeah, just a click of a button. Um, anyway, here <laughs> so, I was doing all my hand gestures like a puppeteer. Do you and, have like um... a tri-
1: Do you have like a tripod or something? Like, how do you balance the iPhone? Do you just like lean oh. it up against cushions or something? Or am I just overthinking? No, I was just one, oh. one hand, one hand on
2: the device, and, and the other one hand, hand on my phone. Okay. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, but but so and amongst that, we were sending each other photos. And um,
1: it <laughs> and, sounds I mean, like you know, a technical nightmare. I feel <laughs> <like it's> so, <laughs> I'm really sweating. Uh,
0: did you ever meet? Did you ever meet video? No, sex guys? no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your video sex virginity to a man that you never met.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Sexy. outrageous. That's absolutely outrageous. Um, but yeah, I've still got some nice dick pics. But I took a picture <laughs> of my, I took a picture of my fanny, and I, I sent it to him. Although I thought I sent it to him. <laughs> but instead I sent it to my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> intended, that stuff doesn't happen in real life It's No, it was so horrific yeah. It was so yeah. horrific And she she, <laughs> she was very sweet about it But I didn't realise until 3am 3am <laughs> I picked up my phone going, oh my god What did I just do? And I looked and it wasn't <laughs> the, the picture hadn't been sent to him And so then I sent like 10 text messages To her going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god I'm so sorry, so <laughs> sorry And she said the phone next to her and her husband woke up and woke them up going ping ping, ping 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 with just me going omg 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 and they like they woke up she's like ah she's realized she's sending a picture of our, her veg to us um so the next <laughs> the next morning i, I went over there hung over with a bottle of champagne and a packet of pork scratching <laughs> and i was like i'm sorry and she's like it's fine she said i thought you would have bought me a kebab <laughs> <laughs> You're having um, a
0: sexual awakening, a personal awakening. You're also presumably having to start negotiating the divorce. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to do you've got to do this, you know, this, this kind of grown up, bureaucratic stuff. Mm. What was that like? That start having to deal with your the roof over your head, yeah. the custody of your kids. You mm. know, the the, the the nuts and bolts of your future.
2: Yeah, and so yeah, that was because it was like 6 months after you know and I would had it you know starting to feel good you know I was starting to think yes this is me as a separate life but then were you starting to feel thank god yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and i was just like what a fucking gift what what an opportunity to have a new life without compromise to start again to feel this sort of liberated and energised and, um, yeah. So, so I had to go in and negotiate whether I could stay in my house, which is, you know, I've been here for 11 years. It's when my son was born, money, all those sort of things, and, you know, how often I get to see the kids. And that was so horrific because we did it through mediation, which I would recommend because it's not as confronting or as costly as the courts, but actually having to go and sit in a room, which we did for the first couple of times, with your ex... And we had to lay out all our bank statements and everything. And then that was another opportunity where I found out more about what had happened in the last few years. And, you know, it was all very much in black and white. And that that was so upsetting. When you say black and white, do you mean like plane tickets and hotels? Yeah.
0: Yeah, one, of my, one
1: of my one of my favourite bits... In the, I mean, there's many favourite bits in the book, so I'm not even going to... It's the fact that you had a lot of mediation on Zoom, so you were able to put a Post-it note over his face. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so that was
2: it! <laughs> that was really hard because, um, yeah, just trying to go back and forth. And it was down to percentages. Uh, and I just... I just I just found that really arduous, like trying to justify and, and fight for to stay in the house and you know what maintenance I was going to get and all those sort of things, but also there was it was weird because we finally came to the agreement of what of who was going to get what, almost to the minute of when I found the love letter, like to the day it was a whole full three hundred and sixty five um, days and then you know we had decided how we were going to part. So I think, I think that was, that was sort of weird that it was sort of like it all happened in a year. And yeah. So I think, I think that's one of the things that I speak to many women about that they avoid doing because they just don't want to go over it again. Once they've moved on a bit, like to try and, negotiate the divorce is really horrific and a lot of people get bullied or feel they'll just they want it over and done with so they'll they'll compromise on a less good deal for themselves because they're like oh just give him what he wants because I just want out and so I kept trying to think about that it was I think it was Cherry Healy told me that that she said it's okay to say stop I need to think about this and not feel sort of pushed into making a decision about, because you only get one chance at it. You only get one chance to divide up the cake and that's it. So, and get as much advice. And if you've
1: spent years, you know, being unbelievably accommodating, it's very hard to kind of, in that relationship, it's quite hard to change that dynamic, isn't it? Just like that. Just to be like, okay, actually here, sorry, you you married kind of, not that you were, but you married sort of doormat me. And actually I'm now badass bitch me. Yeah. And I am not the same person. Because that you know that those are the roles that you create for yourself. Yeah, and uh, and to kind of have the energy to kind of sustain the new thing is hard, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I've always been the people pleaser and the smoother over and the you know the pollyanna, and that's I, and I adore that role. But yeah, someone said to me that do you know what, people pleasing can sometimes be lying because you're not really saying what you want. And I was like, oh, that hurts. Ow, 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 don't say that. I thought people-pleasing was a positive thing, but actually sometimes it is just, it's just lying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. So, so, yeah. so I think, yeah, that's when I had to really fucking get, get real and go, no, no, I'm not I'm not agreeing to that, no. And there was just moments where, you know, there was there was talk about going to court and I was like, well, we could. It would take another six months and it would cost... 10, 20 grand, or we could just get on with it now and do it. And, you know, mediation costs 200 quid for two hours, or you could do that. So, um, yeah, so I felt kind of like, whoa, afterwards. And then... Do you think that
0: he was rather astounded by this sort of you know, virago that he was suddenly confronted with.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I imagine that he may have thought that I would have crumbled with him gone. I imagine so too. Because I was so in love with him and so held on to him so tightly. But um, I think the opposite happened. And probably people in his camp are surprised how happy I am. (laughs) And not begging, oh, what have I done? And how do we make this work? I was like, no, it's done. And I, and it, and it's so confronting because I would have thought previous me would have gone no let's make it work we've been together for so long we've got so much and I was like nah, <laughs> I don't want I don't want any of that anymore no
1: it turns out you love yourself more yeah I mean how amazing <laughs>
2: isn't it lovely
1: isn't it isn't it great yes. and
2: and also you start seeing what you have in in this new bright shining light like your friendships are so. Um, what's the word? Heightened and 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 the community you have and just your surrounds, like everything just seems richer and more beautiful and more precious as well. And I go, oh my God, those people really loved me. I think I think that was the hardest thing. And that was the, the lowest moment where I went sort of bovine and cried on all fours, like I like like I was giving birth, was when I realised I hadn't been loved properly. And that's a really heartbreaking and a horrific thing that you know that you gave your whole heart to someone else and they only gave whatever they wanted uh in return so yeah and so now full-blown love kind of excites me but also terrifies me in a way because that's I'm like how much do I give I love giving all my love to my friends and my children but not ready for that next bit with a man Happy to take their cock, but not their heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you moved us so moving on to when you
0: were actually allowed to meet the guys. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was a big moment. What was it like to have sex with someone who wasn't your husband for the, for, for, for the So you're 19,
2: and then you're 40. What? 40. Yeah, 41, 42? yeah I was 41. Oh my god. All the, all the feelings, all the anxiety, all the things. Yeah, I invited a man over. He was Australian and we had a lovely dinner. He cooked me steak. I mean, this is weird. Um, and, then, and then we just took off all our clothes and I stood in front of this naked. <laughs> I stood in front of this. Sorry, I just. <laughs> yes. And then we got undressed and we folded our pants yeah. on the table.
1: We ate our steak and then we said, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> You got
2: on guests and stood naked in front of each yeah, other, and then started kissing. It was, it was, oh, yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, and there was this moment where he said, "Oh, let's have sex," and 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 I said, "Oh, well, we better put a condom on." He's like, "Oh, can we not?" And I was like, "No. Well, we either put the condom on, we're not fucking." And it's amazing when you're standing naked in front of a man, and and you've got that power. And I thought, "Oh my god, this is this is kind of wonderful," like if he wants me, he has to do what I say. And, Ooh. and so, um, yeah, that was, that was really amazing. and that, You developed a taste for this, didn't you, Helen? I did. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So that was, that was the first time. And then, and then, yeah, then I was like, Oh, this is great. But I didn't lose any weight. I didn't at that stage, shave my bush. I just went, I just made a decision not to have too many hang ups about myself. I thought I'm not going to apologize for who I am. I'm just going to see how that goes. Will they criticize my stretch marks? Will they say your boobs aren't perky enough? Will they count how many skin tags I've got? They did not. Um and then I just had lots of lovely fucking times. Um and so yeah, and then and then so then that was the start. And he was in his forties. And then I just thought like, oh, should I should I go younger? Should I, you know, like yeah, so it just it became a bit of pick and mix. I mean listen, if you were a forty
0: year old forty two year old divorced man on a dating app, I would imagine that your age range would go down to what? Twenty five?
2: <laughs> I think so. So you know, so why shouldn't I mean I hear more and more women. Yeah. Doing this. And and the young ones are great because they the the sex has been incredible and i don't know what what shift has happened like there was just really into your pleasure you know wanting to make you orgasm all the time um and and it and there is something kind of liberating that it is quite transactional like that that we know that we're just here for each other and it might be that he gets off having Old, older woman and I get excited about having a younger man and I think that's okay when the cards are on the table like that. It is because everybody's happy. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and I think and that's turns- what you
0: want from those encounters, those transactional sexual encounters that can be very satisfying is that everybody leaves happy.
2: Yeah, and they leave at 2am and you go to bed and you can snore and fart and then wake up in the morning and you don't have to have all good small talk or worry about your breath. It's all good. So, I, But the way that I'm talking about sex just feels so ridiculous in terms of who I was 18 months ago. The
0: vicar's daughter from a small town in Australia.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Married her first boyfriend.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's not the narrative. Mm. And because my mum got married at 19 and she married the vicar and she was in the choir and they met with their eyes across the, you know, eyes across the pulpit. And now, now I'm just this naughty but very excited 40 something getting my boobs out to, to young blokes and it, and it's 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 yeah it's it's been such an exciting time and you know there's been windows where I can't have sex and that's okay because i've also discovered how wonderful giving myself orgasms is and you know <laughs> and i've worked out five is the maximum in the night <laughs> That just sounds exhausting. It was very sweaty, <laughs> Emily. It was.
0: Very, <laughs> oh, very sweaty oh, and achy. Yes. And oh, my God. Yeah, I had
2: to give her do, give her I, a rest I, the couple of days afterwards. Like, just leave her alone. She's tired down there.
1: <laughs> but there's so much to love about this in terms of, I mean, for people who, I mean, I, for people who are sitting in marriages that make them sad or for people who feel somehow that, you know, because they are not married, they're somehow not whole or whatever and here you are saying it is possible to change that narrative and it is possible to change that story and it is possible because to, yeah
0: you were one of the, you were one of the people who believed that marriage was uh, it was something that you you needed yeah weren't you
2: yeah very much so and and you know I talk about in the book I had a low self-esteem I was I was a, always a, quite a fat child and had this sort of you know needed uh, this want to be sort of needed and loved and and I thought that I got that happiness from being in a couple and having someone else in my life who who sort of gave me that or what's the word that that my value or my worth came from being in a successful relationship so you validated by a wedding ring yeah exactly right exactly right and so I think the other the other world just frightened me and and I thought oh And I, and I also used to think about, I can't get divorced because, oh, how do I meet a new man? And how, you know, how do I negotiate with my children and I'll have to do all this. And now I don't even think about that. I don't, I don't care. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's just been the most wonderful thing, even though it's been the most horrific thing. I just, the, yeah, just the happiness I feel as a single person is, is what I wanted from the marriage. You know to feel this in love with life and and to see what I have and just feel yeah I just sort of skip along the street most days going oh look at this look what I look at look Look at what I can do. Um, and and it's, um yeah, it's so delicious. And so, and I think, you know, I get messages most days from women going, you know, how how did you do it? And should I leave my husband? And I'm really sad. And you look really sad. Or I think it's just about showing women, as you were saying, Emily, that there is a possibility of another narrative. And there's another life. And there's another choice. Because I think society has told us that we are better in a couple. But we're not always. We can be. Um, but but not always.
0: Helen, did you write the book? Did the book start as a diary? What made you sit down and start writing when you were in full grief?
2: I got contacted by uh, an editor at Penguin and she said, I really like the way that you're talking about um, being single and being a single mother. So positive. Over Instagram? Yeah, yeah, over Instagram. Um, so positively and so publicly and she could see the comments below about people saying, yes, this is a wonderful thing. I love being a single mum because I think there's a there's such stigma and negativity around the term single mum. And a lot of people say, I don't want to be called a single mum, I want to be called a independent mum or a this mum. I think the trouble with single mother is it's it's got a horrible whiff, and I'm one. Mm. It's got a horrible
0: whiff of of of, of, of tragedy around it, mm. as though you've 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 you you know you've been left or you've lost something, you've made a mistake. It's been an accident. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't have that sense
2: of um. There's no there's no sense of agency in there. Yeah. So I know what you mean. And so that's why I use the term all the fucking time. Um, it's a bit like fat, you know, like, you know, I, I say I'm fat. I am fat. I have fat. Um, and I, I, I'm not ashamed of that. And that was used as a weapon against me when I was younger. And now I go, oh, I really like being fat. And so now I just like using the term single mum all the time because I want to try and change that. And and it's sort of, you know, using that. But I think, yeah, so... so I started writing the book because Penguin said we like what you're doing and then they sat me down and said right can you write 70,000 words in three months and (laughs) and I was like okay and I think because I was so um, insane and mental I was like yeah I can write a book yeah sure and I didn't I was like well that's what 1,500 or 2,000 words a day basically I can do that but but the reality of that was that I didn't have a day off for three months and I interviewed over 40 women and one man and um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I would write it like between perfectly ten, sensible ratio, exactly yeah, right. Sorry. Um, I, I would write it between like 10 pm at night and 3 am because it was during the lockdown of like January, February, March as well. And then, yeah, on the days where the two days where the kids were with their dad, I'd get up at nine and light a cigarette, have three coffees, and then just write through till midnight. And so, I was some days I'd write 6,000 words, and yeah, and I would just sit and yeah and i was writing it as it happened so like about christmas you know and and finalising the divorce. But yeah, I sat at this kitchen table and absolutely wept. There were just times where I'd be, like, <laughs> you know, when I'm trying to recount telling my mum or 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 just the hardest times, it was really, really hard. But again, it was like a, like a second serving of the sad within the first year. And so many divorce books are written five years after the fact or with grace and dignity and with reflection. But I don't think that's what people need all the time because when they look for help and advice, it's when they're in the shit and they want that rawness. And they want and I talk a lot about anger and sadness and and learning to be angry, which I'm not very good at. Um, and so I, I think in a way that it's, the book is good because it's written with that kind of, I don't know, brutality. <laughs> in all Well, it's of the written word. from
0: the front line, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're, a, um, you know, you, you've been a war
0: reporter for the last year.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, you know, with all the, the
0: the, all the grief and the blood <laughs> and the sweat, you've been a naked, wanking war reporter. <laughs> <laughs> that, my friends, is what people want these days.
2: They do. They don't want the nice pastel pink version of divorce. They want, the. Yeah all the all the flange um but, so you uh but you
0: got you know and you, got you the, served you, it you, thank you, you. you <laughs> yes you got the divorce done in a year you got the book done in three months so you proved yourself that you're a person who gets shit done extraordinary emily and i both we love you and we salute you for everything Absolutely. you've done and everything that you are and thank you for coming back obviously you'll come back again soon
2: yes i will and i can't wait to hang out and you know squeeze you in person legally i can't wait <laughs>
1: yes get
0: divorced, legal
2: squeeze.
0: be happy right
2: yeah. Yes, exactly. Thank you, so my darling. So that's darlings.
0: the message. So um, <laughs> lots of love, Helen, and we'll see you really soon. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midalt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe.
1: And just a reminder, because who remembers anything? Readly is offering you two months free if you sign up today using our link, readly.com forward slash The Midalt.
0: And we'll just leave you with this thought, start by starting.